Welcome to Truth in the Matter. My name is Domingo, and this is my co-host, Travis. And we got so many topics today. But first, we're going to start off with the game that I looked at yesterday. We had the Oklahoma City Thunder against the Los Angeles Clippers. And we were talking big and heavy about a guy named Derrick Rose in the beginning of the season on how he might be the sixth man of the year. But now... Got to score 40 points yesterday against a tough Oklahoma City team and led the Clippers to the victory, Lou Williams. I've been feeling like Lou Williams is the sixth man of the year every year. Yeah, you know, I get the whole Derrick Rose thing and everybody, you know, popularity competition and all that, but Lou Williams is the sixth man no matter how they feel about it. On top of that, too, he's leading Derrick Rose in, in multiple stats. 20 points a game to Derrick Rose, 18 points. Four four assists to Derrick Rose, three assists. Man, man is balling, and he's making a difference in this team's victories. They have no superstars, but he's coming off the bench with his 34 minutes a game and giving buckets. I honestly feel like uh, the whole six-man-in-the-year award thing, it shouldn't be really counting to the second half of the season. Yeah. Because even um, rookie of the year, I feel like uh, – I like Luca, but I feel like Trey Young might be running away with it. I agree. Yeah, and Trey Young starting to implement that confidence, man. Big step back, big. I'm gonna take you to the rack, guard. Man, defense is 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 is, is getting kind of nuts too. I feel like Trey Young is honestly uh, earning his keep in the NBA. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I get it. The Hawks is not a playoff team or whatever, but for as exciting, everything about Trey Young is exciting. I agree. And his stats, his stats not bad at all. Yeah, and he's putting numbers against big teams as well, though, too. And big guards. And he's frustrating a lot of people. That's, to me, what a rookie of the year does. You get into the head of these veteran players, and they start thinking, hey, uh, I need to go ahead and shut you down. But it ain't nothing you can do about it when it comes to Trey Young now. He already put his game in, he in his game mode. Almost at the end of the season, next year he should be some type of monster. I agree. And honestly, I feel like uh, it's time for Vince uh, Carter to retire. Yeah, he just, That's it, man. I'm tired of seeing Vince Carter. He's just getting money. Ain't nobody else saying it. Keep saying, I got another year left. You don't got nothing left, man. That shit is over. Yeah, I agree. He's not making a difference on anybody's team. Like, it's nice to see a dunk from here and there, but you know, we kind of over it now. And then you know how people say our father time's gonna catch up with Father Time being caught up with him. It's, oh, it came in the left. <laughs> like it's time for this man to wrap it up, man. You I'm know, tired of seeing Vince Carter on the court. He's some type of commentator or something, man. It, it, and it, don't even be a commentator, man. <laughs> just just disappear. Man. I, I I mean, his family, if you go from uh Trace McGrady, they you can't trust him. Not commentator. Oh, yeah. That whole oh, cousin man. duo thing, I don't trust it. Instantly, I think you're going to talk stupid like he do. Yeah. I, he he going he gonna to sign with the Warriors next year. <laughs> I don't think he is. You know, I don't think Vince Carter has it in the ring chase, which is stupid in his case, but I'm sorry, man. I'm signing with me, a team that's on his way to the championship or one piece away. You know what I mean? Because that Hawk team, it's a long time until the Hawks are, are good, mm-hmm. if they ever turn to be a good team. Because Trey Young, you know, after four years, he might leave. I mean, I would. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And how you feel about the Zion situation? Man, Zion, 
I heard he's coming back to practice. <laughs> that, that, to watch? That, that. <laughs> why, why even practice, though? Just work out on your own. I feel like, man, wrap it up. Like, say sex. like it's over man you know ain't no point of coming back you got a big career ahead of you why why come back it's nothing there to risk it again and not be paid yet i mean it has come to that because he already became a superstar and and it's high expectations you don't want a greg Oden situation no so when you come in the league and and just a bust and you know teams nowadays there's so many players that's coming in with a gang in their arsenal that, hey, we just going to drop you down in a drafting and you might not become anything. So how do you feel about this uh, one-and-done rule? Man, the one-and-done is fine, but I'm big. If if a player is good enough to come out or get drafted right out of high school, man, it should happen. I agree. I mean, it's just like your regular workforce. When you graduate high school, you're able to work these big-time jobs. Exactly. So – my opinion that. about all this, man, is if you 18, they allow you being on me, you should be able to do whatever you want to in this country. I agree. You know, if I can put my life on the line, shit, I can work any job and do what I want to. Yeah. You that know. And I honestly feel like, man, these, these colleges are really robbing these kids. Yep. It's ridiculous. The yep. cheapest um, seat was $3,000. That is a... That's a lot of money to be making. Yeah. And and the, the, the deals that they have set up for these these colleges and the money that they actually make for the students to not even be able to pay for a meal yep. or any type of situation. Man, this should never happen like that. Nah, man. I, and my opinion on this is if I got to pay all this money for this college, man, and they making money off me, my tuition should be 100% free. I agree. Oh, I no definitely exception. agree with that. If I'm on any team, if I'm contributing to anything going on and I'm bidding in a lot of revenue for this organization and this college, what am I paying for school for? I'm working for you, pretty much. I agree. And I feel like uh, all these announcers and um, legends that are saying, oh, well, I played college ball and I was committed to my team. And some of these legends like Charles Barkley and Shaquille, as good as they were pros, that wasn't that great high schoolers. Yeah. Zion is something different, yeah. you know, and if it was a no running, one and done rule, he would have went straight to the league. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's unfair to say, oh, you know, he's cheating the game and this and that. He's not cheating the game because if you think about the game, it's actually cheating him. That's a year out the league that he won experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I feel like some of these records and stuff that LeBron James and, and Whip them and, and uh, Kareem broke, it's because of their longevity in the league. Yeah, some of these players they are forced to go to go to um, college and, and and play a year or maybe two. Their longevity in the league isn't the same because they already got wear and tear on their body. Yep. You know, high school wear and tear is a lot different from college. Yep. You know, and some people say oh, it prepares you for the league. Some people are already prepared. Some people are born prepared. Your your DNA made you prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just got it in them. You also learn uh, uh, in in college a somewhat defensive tactic that you'll never use in the league. Why yeah. why why have to learn how to press if I'm not going to use it in the league? You, I've never seen an NBA NBA team really press, play two three anything because once you get in the league, you are playing against more physical, strong men. And if you press, okay, I'm just going to shoot over the top. Yep. You got players like KD 
Oh, you can press all you want to, or you can two, three. Mm -hmm. I'm shooting over the top of it. It doesn't matter. You know, so a lot of these things, I get the discipline and all that, but man, if I, if I can learn something at 17, I can learn at 18. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no big difference. It's also a different mentality when you step in that league too. I agree. Like it's, if I get in the league without that college experience, I have to mentally prepare myself a certain way. So yep. it's like, hey, I have to protect my body like this. Whereas in college, you have to go all out. Why? Because you're fighting for a yep. contract. You're fighting for a spot on the team. Where else, if you're coming straight out of high school, they already have this perception of you. If you're coming in as the sixth or seventh man, now you have that, I really have to grind, but I have to be smart about the situation. Whether than having to go out, put that wear and tear on your body, and now you're just downing your size at, in, as far as getting in the league, if you get in the league. Yeah, I agree. And and I want you know you guys to think that I'm saying all players are NBA ready. No, all players are not NBA ready. But the ones that are NBA ready, let them go to the league. Yeah. You know they have a four year contract to prove to you. And guess what? Even if that don't work, look at Ben McElmore. Ben McElmore is a player that's been passed around the league. Well, he's probably on his fourteen now. Yeah. You know, so if I'm not ready for the league. I'm going to find a spot that's ready for me. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not even necessary that all oh, the, the player wasn't ready. He's just putting in a bad system. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a bad system can mess up somebody's career. So I think it's one of those things, okay, I'm sit down with my agent, I'm sitting down with my family. And if I'm ready to go to the league and I'm mentally and physically ready, why not? Yeah. Why do I have to spend a year owing this college money or or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so much to it, man. And I feel like that. The NCAA is robbing these kids of some of the things they, they you know. Kyrie Irving is a prime example. Kyrie Irving played, what, maybe 10 at the most games would do? Mm-hmm. It did nothing for him. At all. It was wasted. Wasted time. You know, it's, it's a lot of players that I feel like are NBA ready. And, and like, my mentality has changed against Duke. I used to be like, boy, you go to Duke, you always going to end up hurt, which somewhat – has happened, but it's a play style that they have that yeah. if you're the top notch, it's a big chance that you're gonna get hurt. No, that's, that's no, I agree with that. You know, Duke is my favorite NCAA team, and uh, I feel like Duke isn't the best NBA ready team. You know, in in that case, I feel like it's Kentucky. But I think what Duke does do is it gives you that NBA feel. You know, it's like okay, this is what it feels like to be a professional. Yeah. I have to move this way. I have to play this way. I have to think this way. Because Coach K does the Olympics and he works out with these guys, so it's easy for him to adapt that into his style of coaching. You know, but not all NCAA coaches like that. Like uh, in Syracuse, that, you know, that 2-3 they were in, you're not doing that. You're just not doing it. And I understand, you know, it's discipline. All Some of these kids won't make it. But the ones that will make it, you're hurting them. Agreed. Definitely agree. And it's, man, it, it's just irritating how you're learning something and they're putting it in your head. Yep. That you have to learn this type of play that you would never, ever, ever use in the league. And so you got these players that are, are hid behind the, the screen that's going to play three, four years. Why? Because they're going to college, which is a good thing. Yep. But it's like you're wasting time. And I'm not a big guy on wasting time if I know I'm a top five recruit, possible lottery draft pick, and I'm sitting here running a 2-3 in the offense where the ball has to be passed around five times before we get a shot in. I agree. And if I'm a dog, I should be able to, A, 
ISO ball, because that's what I'm going to do in the league. Send me a couple of screens. I'm driving through the hole. Yep. I shouldn't have to be catching the ball on a cut that might not happen. Why? Because this team is pressing us the whole way. Mm-hmm. And yep. we got some guys that really can pass. And just because our point guard is five seven, he has to run point guard. But I'm the guy that can dribble the ball, and I know I'm going to be in the league. But I'm slowed down because we have to run this systematic routine. Yep. And I'm tell you one thing that bothers me, the notion that, oh, NBA players don't play defense. Have you ever really sat down and, and seen the NBA play in person? Like, some of these guys are physically impossible to guard. Yeah. And you think always other guys, their sizes, and that's cool and dandy, but it's very hard for me to stay in front of another 6'8", 6'9", player that moves like he's 5'7". Yeah. Like, you know, some people that are saying are just casual fans, and I feel like they, they've never stepped on the court and seen it. Yeah. Because some of these guys, like your LeBron James, even your Paul George, those are very large individuals. They're very hard, and they cover ground really quick. I agree. Some yeah. of these players can start from half court and make it to the hole in, in three steps, three dribbles. Like, people don't understand how long their wingspan is and how good they are. So the whole notion that, oh, NBA players don't play defense and this college ball is more beautiful to watch, yeah, because they're kids. And NBA players are, are grown men. Yep. You know, and not to switch topics, but I also want to talk about these NBA refs. I have a huge problem with how these NBA refs are conducting the game. I feel like they have too much say, so you can't say anything to them. And I feel like, oh, if I get fouled or, or you know, NBA player get fouled or whatever, oh, yeah, you're out of here. Don't argue with me. I'm not on with you to it. I feel like they're dictating the game too much. Yeah, it's irritating, too, because they don't make common sense. Uh, situations either. No. Like yesterday, it was a foul that was called where it was like uh, the other side of the court. Of course, it was a little contact and it's a foul. Had no effect in the game. Mm-hmm. What are we calling the foul for? Yep. To slow down the game? And I hate makeup calls. If I miss I a call down here, now I got you on the other end. I hate it. And and I feel like uh, with James Harden, there's a lot of makeup calls. Yep. They had missed a call on him and it's like, ah, man, I got to call it on the other end. You know, and another thing I, I don't like is James Harden, he knows the NBA rule book in and out. Mm-hmm. And everybody say, oh, he's not getting fouled. He's getting with The man is getting fouled. You can't stick your hand in there when I'm shooting a jump shot. Yeah. You just can't. I can't put my body on you. He just know how to manipulate the game. Yeah. But I, I don't like the inconsistency where it's, okay, I'm going to call it today. I ain't calling it. No, he yelled at me. He had something to say to me. It's too much emotion in the game. Yep. I feel like the same way they find the NBA players for saying something about the ref, they should yes. find the refs for making bad calls. I agree. If if you make a call that can cost us one game away from the playoffs, I feel like you should get fined. Yep. And some of these things, I feel like even the, the hand checking and some of the things that happen, if I go to replay and I miss this this uh, offensive goaltending or this defensive goaltending, I feel like you should be able to call it. Yeah, You know, it's, it's just one of the things. I don't want to say I wanted to make a challenge, like the NFL and thing, but I think the last two minutes of the game, everything should be like, I don't care what it is, everything reviewed. It, it shouldn't be. Like, what's the point of having a replay if you only have certain limitations? Yeah. If you really want to get it right, like, if, it, it should be one or the other. If you just want referees to make the calls, just make referees have the calls. Exactly. To get the replay. Yep. But if you implement the replay, use the damn replay – Yep. To better the game, to better the results, because it's going to be a lot of things missed. The many possibilities of 
of hearing, oh, well, we know our officials missed this call. We're getting tired of hearing it. We're yep. getting tired of that damn headline. And then I get fined for it. It's nothing happening. Yeah, nothing happened. You know, and then you see these same refs in the playoffs when it really, really matters, making the same bad calls. Yep. It, I feel like the biggest call that needs to be looked at every single time is blocking the charge. Is the inside the key? Is the outside the key? I feel like you should be able to go back in the replay and look. I understand it's going to make the game slower, but if I'm getting every call right, the right person is winning the game. Yep. Because if I drive four speed to the hole and he got a foot on on the line, hey, that that, that right, that's a blocking foul. Yep. If he's inside, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's one of those things that we have to, you know, even as fans, I feel like that's one of those things that we have to push and push and push for the NBA to change. You know, if we could continue to complain about it and stuff like that, I feel like it'll be a change. And on top of that, that's one of them common sense things, too. It doesn't even have to take a while. As soon as it happens, play's going to stop anyway. Just go to the monitor, get your word, and then that's it. You yep. don't have to talk 15, 20 minutes. No. Well, what do you feel? What do you feel? And then we look at – just look at it, call the damn play right, get the game going. And I also feel like the ref shouldn't even have to take take – 10, 15 minutes look at it anyway. It should come straight from straight the replay from the booth. Source, so if it comes from the source, you're okay. All I had to do is go in there. They showed me the clip one time. He tells me in my head, said, okay, hey, this is a foul. Hey, this is a blocking foul. This is a charge. I go I go and change the call. Yep. Just like that. You know, I hate it when officials are able to dictate the game, man. It's irritating. It's very irritating. They just want to be completely a part of the game, which they already are, but you're not the game. No. You're just officiating the game to regulate. That's it, man. They abuse their power all the time, man. You know, and you can't say nothing to them. They're so emotional, man. And I hate, like, I just don't like the fact that you get fined for expressing your opinion about something. Yeah. Like, I understand if you say something very negative about another individual or something, you know what I mean? Because that's not what we, you know, that's not what they preaching in the NBA. But. If you made a bad call and you cost us a game, I understand. Yep. You made a bad call. That's how I feel. Because it's crazy. Uh, they they sit there and preach that uh, NBA players shouldn't show emotion. But that call you just made was complete. That take you just called on me was completely off emotion. Yep. Got to be fair. How do you feel about uh, the Russell Westbrook situation where the, uh, the little boy came and, and touched him on the court? Parents should have got their ass beat, first off, <laughs> because I'd be damned if my son even touched anybody. Uh, second off, that whole fan stuff, they got to chill on that. They really do. Because now all it's going to do is make them pull those seats back, and now there's no really interaction with NBA players. You're just watching the game. I, I honestly feel it. like, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of any other sport that you're that close to the game. Because even in hockey, you know, you have a glass around you. Yeah. Football, you sit in the stands. I think off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else. Basketball is the only sport where you're sitting so close that the ba- the referee has to tell you to scoot over a little bit so we can inbound the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't feel like – I feel like uh, they should actually move the court up. Yeah. If they move the court up a little bit and put them on a higher level and have the fans sitting down, I would be more – I feel more safe for the you know the players than what we have now, and honestly, I feel like it should have been a tech on the home team. Man, that's the, uh, man it that's really the, should have been. I'm, 
I'm like in the middle in that situation because you got some situations where, you know, it's been a lot of times at Golden State, somebody bang a shot, Steph bang a shot, and they high-fiving it up. And I think that's the cool part of the game. Mm-hmm. But situations like that, I don't think it should be a tech. I think uh, that family or, you know, the parents and that child should be banned for two years. I agree. Because, honestly, if I hear that rule – and with me being a Laker fan, I'll be in the opposing team jersey and I'm slapping whoever league it is. And it'd be a whole bunch of technical boy. Don't let me get that rule going. But it'll also make your ushers work harder because the ushers should have been on top of it. I agree with that. You know, it'd have everybody else working harder. You know, this is my opinion on it. It's just, it's unacceptable, I feel like. And I, and I, you know, I feel like everybody likes to jump on rest about stuff you do. And another thing, too, man, you know, just jump on top is a little bit. Russell Westbrook is going to average a triple-double for the third year in a row. I have heard nobody speak on this. Yeah. As much as people like to say that he's a stat sheet stuffer, you must not ever play basketball to say that because it is very, very hard to go out and get a triple-double as it is. And you say he's, he's, he's stat, um, a stat sheet stuffer. No. I think that man really do work hard for what he does. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes Adam boxes out and he come get a rebound. But yet, that's rewarded. He did everything else on the court. The difference now is that he they're winning. like And they're winning, winning yeah. because of what he's doing. The NBA is so confused. It's a popularity thing. It's literally, I get I average a triple-double for a season and I win MVP. I do it the second year, nobody pays attention. I do it the third year, everybody say, oh, it's common now. You know, it's not cute. It's not It's not cool anymore. No, I feel play. like Russell Westbrook should be in the MVP race. He really should. I agree. Like, this man is averaging a triple-double for the third year in a row, and then the fourth team in the, in the West, third team. Come yeah. on, man. I, like, he should be in a race. I'm, I'm not ta- saying that Paul George still isn't the, the runner-up or Greek the Freak or James Harden, but I feel like we don't talk enough about Russ. There's so much negativity on this man, and I feel like Russell Westbrook is top two best point guard in the league. Uh Ooh, that's that's a good one. He top two. Oh, that's good. Like I, I like Kyrie. I think Kyrie is very hard to guard, but Kyrie is the biggest diva there is in the NBA. Man. You have a team set and made for you, Kyrie, and you're still whining and complaining. And on top of that, you are the problem. If Kyrie set out four games, I promise you, Boston goes four and zero. Heck, not the band aid. It'd be four stumpings and it'd be four tough games. Yeah. Four motivational games at that. You know, so that's why I don't. Rush leaderships by far is better than Kyrie Irving. And oh, I don't yeah. think that Russ is the best leader in the world, but I feel like his leadership alone makes him top two in the league and behind he, Stephen Curry. And he completely proved that other superstars can play with me. Yep. I still don't know another superstar that's been with Kyrie Irving since. He stopped playing LeBron. There is none. And I get the whole everybody think, oh, KD and Kyrie's going to go to New York. And I don't want to see that. That's going to be a horrible matchup. For one, if Kyrie didn't like, I mean, if um, KD didn't like playing with Russ, he's really not going to like playing with Kyrie. Because Kyrie not only is not the facilitator that Russ is, Kyrie is all about his buckets. It's like, hey, you yeah. go do you, I go do me. And then after me and you are done doing each other, we're going to look up and say, damn, we still lost by 10. Yep. Because so it is. Because I still have yet to see KD lead his own team. It's not going to happen. 
and Kyrie had already made team. Yeah. So neither one of them have proven anything to me. Don't get me wrong. Not saying that KD isn't the second best player or third best player in the league. I'm just saying I have yet to see him lead his own franchise to a championship or playoff. I don't think it ever happened. Especially with his playing style. The fact that he's a scorer. If he was more of a defender, more of a Kawhi Leonard type individual with that type of height and stuff, possibly. But how he wants to score the ball, how he wants the ball in certain situations, like he's going to get it in game-ending situations. But, like, you know, if we're streaking and, you know, for example, you see Clay hit three in a row and now you take a, a shot for what? Yeah. And that's his game. It I is. mean, granted, he'll hit the shot, but that's not a leader. No. I'm going to still continue to feed that hot hand. But in that case, that would never happen. And then Kyrie, I just think he's so stuck in that year or two years before LeBron came where it was a terrible team, but we still oohing and on Kyrie Irving. Oh, he's a I great agree. player. If he get on it, I think that's just how he wants to play his game. He doesn't want to be on a successful team. I almost think that when Kimba Walker leaves, you know, this year from the Hornets, that Kyrie should go to the Hornets. I don't think that he wants to demeat around him at all. I think he's just yeah. fed up with everything. Yeah. I think Kyrie legit want to go to a team. Nobody's paying them any attention, and he can just do work. Yeah, he just want he, a vacation. That's it. You know, and it's not going to happen because you're Kyrie Irving, you know. And I honestly think that uh, KD is one of them players that he's a fake tough guy. Oh, yeah. And I think that persona is not going to do well for him if he leads the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it's not. You can be a fake tough guy all you want to because even if you don't show up tonight, everybody else is going to show up. The crazy thing is he don't need to go to the East. The East is looking real nasty. Oh, he boy. But the only problem with the East is if Kawhi Leonard decides to leave the East, it beca- it makes the East a little more easier for another team to sneak up and replace Toronto. True, true. You know, so maybe going to New York might be okay, but Porzingis isn't there. You know, it's not really much in New York that I say, mm, I like that. Other than the fact they might be able to draft Zion. and But we are yet to know if Zion is going to be great with that organization. I think he's going to be a great NBA player, but with the New York Knicks, is he going to be great? I mean, no. And then if KD comes in, hell no. Because how does that even mix and match? Yeah. Like, how's the ball? Like, were they going to play five out? Right. You know, and I think Zion, in my opinion, he needs to be with a pass first point guard. Because my comparison to Zion is uh, a Sean Kemp with Charles Barkley moves, mm. you know, oh, and, and body type. You know, that's who he reminds me of. He gets up, he dunks, but he's a small four. You know, I really don't see Zion as a three. I see him more as a four because how big he is. Mm-hmm. But in height-wise, he's smaller. So that they, they gives the Charles Barkley effect. He can shoot a little bit. He's flat-footed, but he's strong. He's strong. He's strong. He goes to hold, and that's the Sean Kemp of it. So. That's what I see. And I think Zion honestly could be another Blake Griffin. Blake is still a monster and he's still a solid uh, superstar in the league. Yeah, very underrated. Very. And I don't understand how people are still not paying Blake Griffin any attention. Blake Griffin is the best player on Detroit Pistons. Yep. And that's saying a lot because that, that is definitely a smack in the face to Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond is not improving. And everybody forget how young Andre Drummond is. He's still not improving. Like, he's the same player. He, he might snap and give you a 24 and 29, but Andre Drummond numbers does not matter. I feel like he's out there because if he scores 20 
and 25 rebounds, you should definitely believe that the person on the opposite court of him scored 19 and 15. Yeah. Like, he's just – Well, for them to win, it's pretty much uh, – it's, it's Blake. Yeah, it's – well, Blake and Jackson, they both yeah. have to score 20 points each. Reggie Jackson needs to wrap it up. <laughs> that man can't stand the floor at all. Man. Like, Reggie Jackson, I feel like the one piece that they're missing is a point guard. Uh, yeah. Hey, newsflash, Kimball Walker is coming up as a free agent. I would do everything I can to persuade him to come to Detroit. I don't think he is. I think Kimball Connor is ready for a big market. But he might not be. So if I can persuade him to come to, to uh, Detroit, man, I think that's a much better team. So would, would you sway uh, a trade for, you know, a trade of Jackson? Because I, I don't think Jackson would be even good at the two. Whatever Jackson want, I will release him when he <laughs> wants to. I don't care how it is. Whatever it takes to get rid of you. Man, he, you know, he's a disappointment. If you want a lifetime thing of Jack in the Box, I don't care what it is. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, he, he's a disappointment. He's one of the biggest disappointments in the league. All right, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Truth in the Matter, and I'm Domingo, and this is my co-host. Travis. And we'll see you again. Peace.